morning, y'all. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Also say the Happy New Year. Good job. Let's say that for like a month till it gets awkward. Like that was ah commercial. I'm one of the few people that still says that. Um, how is everybody? Who made resolutions? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Anyone make a resolution? Good job. Tell us what it is. I'm kidding. You don't have to do that. Have you still kept it? Good job. All right. Uh, this is the time for resolutions, right? I mean, this is what we do. Uh, by the way, my name is Tommy Jones. If I have not met you, I'm the pastor here. If you're online today, man, I'm so glad you're with us. Um, it's, it's, it's a fun place to be. At least I hope so. I, um, I'm excited. Today we start a new series and we've been, not just me, my whole, my whole staff, the whole team, we've been thinking about this and praying over these things for a long time. And so uh, our new series is called um, A Brand New Church. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, Brand New Church. And, uh, and, and I'm, I'm excited about this because I feel like God is calling us to something new. Uh, something better, something, something more extraordinary, something most of us have never experienced before in our lives. And so I just want to start this brand new series. We're, we're becoming a brand new church with a brand new question. And it's a question maybe you haven't thought to ask yourself this year, but it's a question I want to ask you right now. And the question is this, are you ready to worship? Are you ready to worship? Are you ready to worship God this year? It's easy to say yes, and yeah, sure, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm here, Tommy, look at me, I've got my, my clothes on, I brushed my tooth, you know, I combed my wig, whatever, like, I'm ready, I'm ready to worship, got my shoes on, and, I, and, and so, I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe, so maybe a better way to ask this question would be, are you ready to worship in the way God commands you to worship? This year, are you ready to worship in the way God commands you to worship? Because as, as we read the, the scripture, we see it, it may be a little different than what we thought. Romans 12, 1, and this is written by a guy named Paul, and it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So biblically speaking, what does it mean to worship? It means to offer your body as a living sacrifice. And this was written in a time and a place by people who understood sacrifice. They lived in a world where you offered animal sacrifices all the time, right? You sinned, you offered animal sacrifice, you know, some big event, animal, like sacrifice a goat. And when you sacrificed a goat on an altar, what you didn't do is just put his paw on there. You know, just Billy, just put your paw, that's the name of the goat. Billy, just put your paw on there and we're going to sacrifice it. That's not what you did. And you didn't just offer like a sacrifice of the goat's sweat. You didn't offer the goat's ear. You didn't offer 10% of the goat's weekly salary. When they offered a goat as a sacrifice, guess what they offered? Everything. The whole thing. Like they put the whole thing on the altar and that was what they offered as their sacrifice. It wasn't a part. It's the whole. And so when they talk about offering your body here, what Paul is not talking about is offering a little bit. What Paul is not even talking about is just your physical body. When he says offer your body, he's talking about your heart, your mind, your soul, your body, like everything. Put everything on the altar. That's how you worship God. You offer everything on the altar to God, and that is what worship is. So now let me ask the question again. Are you ready to worship? If that's what it means to worship, to offer all of yourself as a living sacrifice. Are you ready to worship? 
kind of tough. Worship is our response to God's mercy. God has wooed us to such a place. He has shown us so much of himself that we are ready to offer everything. Or are we? Is worship how you responded in 2020? Did you offer all of yourself to God as a sacrifice? I think for most of us, it's probably fair to say no. That wasn't my response in 2020. And if it wasn't my response in 2020, if my relationship with God wasn't where I wanted to be last year, what makes me think it's going to be there this year? This is why so many of us fail at resolutions, or the so many, the only one of us did it, but this is why you're going to fail. <laughs> I'm kidding, you may do it. This is why so many people fail, because we have good intentions, but we're not intentional, Right? We have good intentions to do something. We have intentions to stop. We have intentions to start. We have intentions, you know, like I'm, I've got intentions to, to work out and go to the gym and stop smoking. And I'm, and I'm thinking about all these things while I'm smoking, sitting on my couch, eating potato chips. That's good intentions. That's not being intentional, right? And it's the same way with our relationship with God. We just assume our relationship with God is going to be better this year than it was last year, that this year we're going to worship, even though we didn't last year. Why? Why? Why would it be any different? Is it going to be different because we believe this year is going to be better? And if the year is easier, then I'll, I'll be able to worship? I may, maybe what we think is I'm going to worship this year because I can guarantee that, that this year is going to be better than last year. But what if it's not? Like that should have been the advertisement for this, this sermon. Like come back to church. It, it's going to be just like it was last year. It's not going to be any better. <laughs> I mean, really? Like what if, what if this year is not better than last year? What if this is the last time that we're allowed to meet together like this? Are you ready to worship? What, what if everything you feared last year comes true in your life this year? Are you ready to worship now? Like, what does your worship depend on this year? And why didn't it happen last year? Because if we're not intentional about changing things, then nothing is going to change. Good intentions don't do anything. And so we have to take an intentional step. For me, I'm intentional about experiencing something brand new. I don't want the same thing I had last year. I want to learn from last year. I want, like Danny said, like, I want nothing to be wasted in my life. I want this to be different. And if that's what I want, then I have to do some things to make it different. There has to be some effort and energy on my part. January is a time for resolutions. And so I am resolving that I will learn to worship God this year in the way God commands that I worship him. And not just for me. I want it for you too. Because our church stands on a foundational premise and it says that everyone needs Jesus and everyone is our responsibility. We say this every week. Why does everyone need Jesus? You ever wonder, why, why, why do I need Jesus? It's not so that, that God will make your marriage better, although that can be a pleasant side effect. It's not so that you'll have more money. It's not for health and wealth and prosperity. It's not so you'll be a better parent. It's not so you'll get over the sickness or the disease. It's not any of those things, although those are all pleasant side effects of Jesus. Why you need Jesus is because Jesus is the one who gives you the power and the privilege to worship God in the way God commands to be worshiped. That's why we need Jesus. You cannot worship God in the way God commands apart from a relationship with Jesus. And so we want everyone to have Jesus because we believe everyone should worship God. That's what we exist to do. This church, this body, we don't exist to meet the needs of people. Although I hope we do that as part of our worship. Uh, th this church, this body, we're not here to make your life better. We're here 
to help you better use your life to worship the king. And that's different for a lot of people. And it's a switch and it's difficult, but I believe it's right. And I believe it's what the Bible commands. And and I believe that when we are worshiping God together, our lives are better. But he must be the focus before we are the focus. And so this year, we're going to move. My thought, I think... I think what we all saw last year, or what I saw in my own life, I guess I should only speak to that, is, is I wasn't as prepared to worship God in difficult circumstances as I thought I was. Maybe you experienced that too. I think we saw it in the whole church. COVID-19 was a tough year, man. It was a tough year. The, the, the year of the COVID was, was hard. And I think we saw some beautiful things. And when I talk about the church, I'm not talking about this church, although I am talking about this church. I'm talking about the church. I think we saw some beautiful things. We saw generosity come from places no one expected. We saw leaders emerge in areas we didn't know there were leaders. And we saw people come together and we saw uh, some, some pruning that, that, that allowed the body to grow in new ways. We saw some incredible things. But what we also saw, if we were paying attention, was a body of believers in this country that were not prepared to worship no matter what. And so we must address that. We must become prepared to worship in season and out of season. Worship in a way that's not divided by politics or disease or anything. We must learn to worship in the way God calls us to, which is offering our entire body, everything, as a sacrifice to the king. And when we do that, we will be prepared for anything. As COVID has shown, shown me some areas where, where I missed the mark. And it wasn't like, it wasn't because uh, I was being mean or anything. It was just because I, I, was, I didn't know what I didn't know at the time. We were really focused on going wide, and I'm still focused on that. I still I always want to be a place that reaches people. Like I always, I've, I've talked for years about reaching 10,000 people, and, then, and that's just a, that number means nothing. It really means like infinity, like the next person. That, what it means to me is the next person, and I want that. But I think in, in, our, in, our, uh, in our zest, that's a good word, in our zest to go wide, we didn't go quite as deep as we should have. In our desire to win them all, we forgot that, that bringing people in is not really the solution. That it's actually taking people and discipling them and making them deep and giving you depth. And so we reached a lot. But a lot did not get the fertile roots they need to be the one who reaches the next one. And so we've got work to do. And we see it. And, and this is why we're, we want to be a brand new church. And it doesn't mean we do away with the old. It just means we take the best of the old and we bring in some things that we learned and we, and we learn to be obedient to what God is calling us to be. It's not just reaching people. It's making disciples out of the people we've already reached. And that's what we desire for you today. I like this, Matthew 28, 19. This is what we exist to do, right? Make disciples. It says, therefore, go. By the way, anytime a verse says therefore and it's the 28th chapter, what do you think you should do at some point? Read what came before it. I could be lying to you about everything. You'll never know if you don't read the other 27. Matthew 28, 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. And surely I am with you always until the very end of the age. And throw that one back up there for me if you don't mind, Jimmy. This is how I think a lot of us, maybe myself included, like to read. Go back one more. This is how we like to read this thing. Therefore, go and make disciples. Go, reach people. And guys, we have done a good job. Look around this room. You're in here, even with everything going on in the world. We're reaching people online. We have reached 
people. Go and reach people. And it says baptize them. Man, we have baptized people. We have done We have celebrated that over the last 10, 15, I don't know how many people we've baptized. It's been amazing. And then it says this, and teach them to obey everything. Go, baptize. Teach them to obey everything. I don't know how we've done on that part. I got to be honest. I was reading that this week, and I was like, teach them to obey everything. And I was like, everything? God, that's a bit extreme. And I, I was thinking about that and just praying. I was like, God, teach them to obey everything. And then God, you know what he said to me? Because he, I guess he was in a mood. He said, Tommy, have you obeyed everything I've commanded? And I was like, this is not about me, God. It's about them. He's like, if, if you won't live it, why should I expect them to do it? And so I'm going to live it. I'm going to give everything I've got. And I'm hoping some of you will come with me. Not just, not just to baptize and not just to go, but to become. Like to learn to obey everything he has commanded us. Everything. You're thinking, is that possible? I don't know. I know I haven't really tried. But I'm ready to. I'm ready for more. And the fear as, as, as we prepare for a year of deep discipleship is that we'll stop looking outward and we'll just focus inward. That's always the fear. That's the excuse to not do it. But the truth is we're going to do more outward this year than we've ever done before. There are 100,000 reasons I'm excited about what we're going to do out there this year, and I'll share them with you next week. But it is going to be amazing. Trust me. Uh, but we must learn to become disciples. And that means we must learn to hold each other accountable to becoming disciples. Everyone likes that part. We've got to call each other up, man. We've got to be people who learn to obey everything that's commanded. People, a disciple is someone who consistently follows the consistent commands of Christ. A disciple is someone whose life is not like, their worship is not bound by circumstances. When I, I was reading this last week and I was reading about Paul and all these guys, if, if you're new here and you've never heard of Paul, that's awesome. I love it. You'll be introduced to him over the next year. But if you know who I'm talking about, how many times did Paul go to prison? Like when you're reading the book, Paul goes to prison like every other week. He's in prison more than a lot of you. And that's impressive. Like he goes to jail a lot. And I'm, every time Paul goes to prison, you know what I never hear him do? Complain. Have you ever read a letter from Paul where he's writing to his good friend Tim Staley? He's like, Tim, the food here is so terrible. What? Is that in here? I've never read Paul's list of complaints about prison. I was there for three days one time. I complained a lot. So much so they put me in my own room. <laughs> I'm complaining there. Paul didn't complain about these things. And with the American, it's like, we want to complain about the government and complain on Facebook and complain about this person, complain about that person. What I did not see disciples doing was publicly complaining. Like you'd throw one of them in prison and you know what would happen? They'd stop complaining, they'd start worshiping and other inmates would become Christians. They'd stop complaining, they'd start worshiping, and the prison would actually shake, and the doors would blow off, and the guards would become Christians. That's what happened when Christians lived like Christians. This is what I want. This is what I'm hungry for. It should be what you want. You've been sitting here. This is what you should be hungry for is righteousness. It's something different, something new, something deep, something real, something they can never take from us. And we're going to have it. We're going to fight for it. 
And it's going to be hard some days. And it's going to take work. But I believe it's possible. But I believe we have to be taught, man. It says teach them to obey everything they have commanded. Like you don't, just, you don't just give your life to Christ and automatically know how to do everything. You need direction and community, and so do I. Y'all know Baby Yoda? Baby Yoda is Jedi, but he had to be taught how to be a Jedi, right? Everyone knows that. Everyone, obviously. Mandalorian. You got to be taught these things. And so we have to, and we can, we can come up with every program in the world to teach you, but if you don't take advantage of what we offer, then it's not on us. So I'm hoping that changes this year. I'm hoping this year is new and different. And I'm hoping we teach and learn. And some of you have been learning for so long that you're about to be called up to teach because your day has now come. It's time. And it's going to be hard some days. To be a Christian, I was talking to somebody in the last service and she came up and she goes, you know what I've realized in 2020? I was like, what? She goes, being a Christian is not always easy. I was like, bingo. It's not always easy, but it's worth it. And there's going to, everything we're doing this year is going to be surrounded in grace because remember, it's in, it's in response to God's mercy that we worship. So everything we're doing is going to be covered in grace because that's who we are and that's who we will always be. But we are going to learn to follow God's commands together. And this is the number one command we're going to learn to follow. John 13, 34, a new command I give you. By the way, when Jesus says something like that, everyone should listen. She says, a new command I give you, love one another. We're like, okay, I got that, no problem. And then, he, and then he throws in a little kick, as I have loved you. So you must, must, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. How will they know if we're disciples? How will they know if we are a church full of disciples? By the way we, I'm going to throw in a blank, by the way we love Who? One another. So who's the one? Another? Sherry, is Sonny your only one another? No. You've got some, no offense, Sonny. She's got some other one another's. It's cool. We all do, right? We've got another one. You just, I've learned to love the person sitting next to me. And maybe for you, that is your one another this year. I don't know what's going on in your house. But for, the, for, for so many people, the one another is someone you have not yet been willing to love. The one another is the person who doesn't think like you or act like you or believe like you. And we must learn to love them because that is the way they will know that we are disciples. That's what we're going to learn to be obedient to. People think, oh, we're going to learn to be obedient. We're going to learn to obey God's commands. Oh my gosh, what am I going to have to do? Am I going to have to blah, blah, cut my hair or not eat meat on Thursday? No. You're going to learn to love one another. When I first read that, I was like, man, how do you learn to love somebody? Either you love them or you don't. And then I thought, man, that's why so many Americans get divorced, because that's what we believe love is. It's a gushy, emotional thing that just comes and goes. The truth is, you can learn to love somebody. You can learn to love somebody. I'll, I'll pick on you guys again, Sherry. Do you love Sonny? And how long y'all been married? 41. Wow, that's impressive. 42 years. Well, yikes. 42 years. Do you love him today the way you did 42 years ago? It's changed, hasn't it? Why? Because you've learned to love him. You've learned to love How many of y'all been married over five years? Raise your hand. Don't you love them a little different than you did five years ago? Because you've learned to love them in the way they need to be loved. Because you've studied and trained. You learned to love your kids. You, you can learn to love someone. And so we are going to learn to love God and demonstrate that love by learning to love people. And we don't automatically know this. And that's okay. 
And we all have room to improve, and that's okay. But there must be commitment and growth. Because staying still and stagnant and not learning, that is not okay. So here's what I'm going to ask you guys to do this week. Pull out your, uh, your, your, your notepad if you take notes. I'm going to ask you to say yes to a question I have yet to ask. As a matter of fact, I'm going to ask you to say yes this week to a question I'm going to ask next week. Trust me. Better yet, don't. Trust God. Like, trust God that he's about to ask you for something this year, and you don't even know what it is yet, but your answer is yes without knowing the question. Because he's going to ask us all as a church. He's going to ask us to grow. He's going to ask us to, to grow in, in the way we learn, in the way we live, in the way we give, in the way we serve. He's going to ask us to grow in so many areas. So before we know the full question, I'm going to ask you to pray with me for one week that your answer will be yes before you know what the question is. And for those who are willing to do this, what lies at the end of this year is something better something deeper than anything you have ever experienced. Something that looks like what this is supposed to look like in the world. A worship that cannot be robbed from you. Peace and joy and hope and power that you have never even dreamed of yet. This year, we will become ready to worship no matter what. So I'm asking you, for one week, pray about your yes before you know the question. Amen?